Our uh, first uh, scripture reading of the morning is one that I am sure is uh, familiar to uh, many of you. It's a beautiful Psalm of David, the 23rd Psalm. Psalm 23, I invite you to follow along. David writes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I, I bet a lot of you know who Jeff Foxworthy is, sort of a comedian. He's made a career out of doing those uh, redneck jokes. Well, he talks about a man named Harville, and Harville is this uh, long-haul uh, trucker who uh, specialized in chickens until a severe rash forced him into early retirement. Now, if you need jumper cables, or advice on how to wash a hubcap in your bathtub, Harville's your guy. He's a rather uncomplicated man, and Harville long ago discovered that he can meet all of his personal hygiene needs with a pocket knife and a car key. <laughs> I guess, in other words, what I'm trying to say is, Harville is a lot like a shepherd. We've talked about shepherds before, especially in Advent and on Christmas Eve. You know that shepherds were members of the lowest profession in all of Israel. Shepherds were not exactly on the who's who amongst distinguished citizens in Israel. They never went to church. They lived on the fringe of town. They lived on the fringe of society. In that day, the testimony of a shepherd was not even admissible in a court of law. And yet, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. So what did Jesus mean? Why in the world would he choose the occupation of shepherd of all things to make this claim? Well, I'm going to invite you to take a look at our second scripture reading in the morning. It's from John chapter 10, verses 11 through 21. I'm continuing my sermon series on the I am statements of Jesus. John 10, verses 11 through 21. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, 
and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. Again, the Jews were divided because of these words. Many of them were saying, he has a demon and is out of his mind. Why listen to him? Others were saying, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Friends, this too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And once again, would you join me in a moment of prayer? Let us pray. And now, God, we pray that you would open our hearts and minds to hear and receive that which we most need from you this morning as we continue in our journey of faith through the season of Lent. Draw us near to you in meditation, in prayer, in repentance, and most of all, in the love of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Well, while Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, right away, we have a big problem on our hands, and that's because we don't want to be shepherded. We live in a me first. I'm going to do when I want, wherever I want, however I want, where everybody wants to be a shepherd and nobody, and I mean nobody, wants to be a sheep. If you don't believe me, channel surf on your TV late at night and watch those infomercials where some self-help guru will emerge on the screen and, and help you discover all of your innate leadership gifts to flip houses all for $199.99. Another guy is going to appear on the screen telling you how your life is incomplete without a special kind of pillow. <laughs> or how you need some kind of prescription medication. Point is, we don't like to be shepherded. If you don't believe me, just ask the ushers who help you to your seats each Sunday morning. In uh, Lake Wobegon, uh, Garrison Keeler writes, the ushers are known as the herdsmen. <laughs> and their motto is, blessed are those who show up early, wait to be seated, and sit where they are told. Well, the reality is we don't like to be told where to sit, when to sit, and certainly how to live. But the Christian life is all about following. When Jesus walked by people, they, they left behind their fishing nets, their, their occupations, their agendas, their family members, their friends, and they followed him. And they said, I, I'm a sheep, and, and I am willing to enter into a totally dependent relationship upon my shepherd. Now, I think David understood this all too well and he's given us these beautiful words in Psalm 23. Now, have you ever wondered what was the situation in which David wrote Psalm 23? Believe it or not, it came at one of the lowest moments of David's life. His son Absalom had rebelled against him. David had been dethroned and he was cast out into the Judean wilderness. And while out in the wilderness, hungry and tired, his army in complete disarray, his mind kind of goes back in time when he was a young shepherd boy in that very same wilderness. And so here is one of Israel's greatest leaders, and he says, God, I am tired, really, really tired of being a hotshot leader who is supposed to have all the answers. I'm ready to be a follower. I wanna be a sheep. And God, I want you to be my shepherd. 
And so David so beautifully pens those words that you heard me read earlier. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There was a tour guide who was leading a group of people over in the Holy Land of Israel. And this tour guide was sort of explaining the local customs and habits of the people. He was telling them, now when we get to Palestine, just remember that scripture where Jesus says, the shepherd goes before and the sheep follow. The guy said, it's it's different in the United States. A shepherd there will most often follow his sheep, but in the Holy Land, the shepherd leads the way and the sheep follow because the sheep know his voice. Well, they travel, they get to Palestine, and they see this flock of sheep being driven by a man with a whip. And this tour guide couldn't believe it. I mean, his credibility as a residential expert was completely shattered. And so he yells at them and he says, hey, why are you driving those sheep? All the books in the Holy Land say the shepherd leads the sheep. And the man shouted back, I'm not the shepherd, I'm the butcher. (laughs) Well, friends, if anyone or anything else is leading your life, then the Lord is not your shepherd. If you're someone who has this obsessive need to be in the spotlight and, and be given pats on the back, The Lord is not your shepherd. If some other person or some other thing is your shepherd, then my guess is your allegiances are probably misplaced and you're going to wind up very disappointed. But if the Lord is my shepherd, then I will have all of my needs met. Someone once said what David means in Psalm 23 is that God's sheep never lack for anything that the shepherd thinks is good for them. Jesus, the good shepherd, gives our lives direction. Now, if there was ever an animal that needed to be given direction, it has to be sheep. One of my uh, minister friends from my days back at Princeton Seminary grew up in Montana or as we used to make fun of him, Montana. And he told me that uh, sheep are some of the dumbest animals. You like that, Glenn, I can tell you. That sheep are some of the dumbest animals alive. Uh, Left unattended, a sheep will eat and eat and eat until they're bloated and then they'll just keel over and die. On a cold night, the sheep will pile on top of each other, trying to stay warm, and then squash those poor sheep who are on the bottom of the pile. When frightened, sheep will actually march right off the edge of a cliff. Now, if you are someone who was starting your own uh, sports team and you needed a nickname, you might pick the lions or the tigers or the bears or gulp the eagles. (laughs) But I doubt that any of you would pick as your sports team nickname, sheep. Right? They're not known to be particularly strong or agile. They're not very smart. They scare easily. They have a knack for getting lost. In fact, sheep are so clueless that even when they're walking on a clearly marked trail, they will still wander off of it. So let me ask you a question. How often in life do we wander off the clearly marked trail that God has laid out for us? getting early amens in my sermon this morning. (laughs) Well, you know what happens when we wander off the path. We get lost. We get disoriented. We get confused. 
prophet Isaiah may have said it best. We are all like sheep who have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way. Reminds me of the airline pilot who was having trouble finding things around the house. And he one day asked his wife where the salt shaker was. And his wife was very annoyed by this time. And she said, how is it that you can find Detroit in a blizzard and yet you can't find the salt shaker in your own kitchen? Without missing a beat, that that man, that airline pilot said, well, darling, they don't move Detroit. (laughs) That's true. They don't move Detroit. But we move, don't we? We tend to stray and go our own way. And before we know, we can find ourselves far off course with where we really need to be. I think the reason why both David and Jesus spent so much time describing us as lost sheep was not to judge us, but was to help us find our salvation. Now, one of the tools that a shepherd has is called a what? Staff, right? One end of it's a stick, and the other end of it is a crook. And in case you're wondering, the rod, the stick part, was used as a club against wild animals. You didn't tend to use the rod against the sheep. But staff had a crook on the end of it. And it would fit snugly underneath the sheep's belly to pick him up and to put him back on the path. Or occasionally when a sheep would start wandering off the path, that that shepherd would take that staff and sort of gently, I mean gently nudge the sheep back on track. Friends, what a wonderful picture of the character and nature of God. Because sometimes in life, we we wander off the path, right? We think, oh, oh, God's going to use that club on me, right? Instead, Jesus takes the club and he uses it against evil forces. But then he takes the staff. He slips around our chest. He picks us up. Puts us back in the path as he lovingly and gently corrects us. In his book, Searching for God Knows What, Donald Miller tells a story about a friend whose life was being destroyed by alcoholism. He writes, last year I pulled a friend out of his closet. His marriage was falling apart because of his inability to stop drinking. This man is a kind and brilliant human being touched with many gifts from God, but addicted to alcohol and being taken down in the fight. He was suicidal, we thought, and the kids had been sent away. We sat together on the back deck and talked for hours deep into the night. I didn't think he was going to make it. I worried about him as I boarded my flight back to Portland, and he checked himself into rehab. Two months later, he picked me up from the same airport, having gone several weeks without a drink. As he told me the story of the beginnings of his painful recovery process, he said a single incident was giving him the strength to continue. His father had flown in to attend a recovery meeting with him, and in the meeting, my friend had to confess all of his issues and weaknesses. When he finished, his father stood up to address the group of addicts. He looked at his son and said, I have never loved my son as much as I do at this moment. I love him. I want you all to know that I love him. My friend said that at that moment, for the first time in his life, he was able to believe God loved him too. He believed that God, his wife, and his father all loved him. He could fight this addiction. 
We believed he might just make it. Isn't it amazing what can happen when we allow the good shepherd to guide us, lead us, and to correct our wayward behavior? Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. But you know, there's a second part to this verse, this statement of Jesus that is also very important. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And I think what Jesus is doing here is he's communicating something very, very important about the character of God. And it is this, that the good shepherd isn't just in it for himself. See, unlike the hired hand, the good shepherd does not abandon his flock. When danger comes, the good shepherd is prepared to lay down his life for the sheep to protect him because he loves them. They are his and they belong to him. You know, look, you look around the world today, especially at, at, at uh, business, and there are very few things that are made in this country. Lots of things are made in other countries. We are, we are outsourcing these jobs to other places. And I think the reason is businesses have discovered that workers in other countries can do the job that we can do, but for a fraction of the cost, which drives down expenses and drives up profits. Now, of course, businesses have to generate a profit to stay afloat. That's just common business sense. But it seems like in recent years, the game's changed. And businesses have changed from the days in which you were at the same company for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years before you finally retired and got a gold watch and a pension. You showed loyalty to the, to the company and the company showed loyalty to you. Isn't really so much like that anymore, is it? Times changed. Everybody seems to be in it for themselves. That goes for employers and employees. Jesus says, as the good shepherd, I'm not in it for myself. The hired hand is going to take off at the first sign of trouble because he doesn't really care about the flock. But the good shepherd will stay. The good shepherd will fight because he knows the sheep belong to him. In fact, Jesus says the mark of the true shepherd is the one who is willing to lay down his life for the sheep if necessary. Jesus says the good shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. And then Jesus went out and he showed us exactly what he meant by dying on a cross to bring us hope and salvation. This is the sacrifice that sets Jesus apart from all the other pretenders. Jesus says the higher hands, they're gonna head for the hills at the first sign of trouble because the sheep don't really matter to him. But Jesus will never abandon us. Why? Because he loves us. So friends, as I close, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that Jesus is the good shepherd? If you do, then you are a sheep of his pasture and all the promises are for you. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. May this be true for you and me each and every day. 
and indeed forevermore. Would you join me in prayer? Let us pray. <laughs> oh Lord God, our shepherd, how good it feels to belong to you and to be part of the flock here today, to be right here in this place for worship, to draw close to you, to feed on your word, and to be close to one another in this time of Christian fellowship. God, it's great to be here because you restore our souls. You give our lives direction. You protect us along the journeys of life. And then in times of sorrow and difficulty, you're there with us and for us. But God, some of us have friends and some of us have loved ones who have wandered off the path. They don't come around the flock very much anymore. And maybe it's because the flock or the local shepherd has failed them in some way. And so God of mercy, we pray that you would reach out with that crook, that you would slip it around the chest of people we know and love and that you would firmly but gently lift them up and place their feet back on the paths of righteousness for your namesake. Oh, gracious God, there may be people even here in this room or watching at home or wherever they may be who have also wandered off the path and they need to feel the crook of that staff guiding them back on the path that you have set before us. And so, mighty shepherd, move now among us this day. Do your wonderful work with your flock as we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd. Amen.